On the Pasuk Tsoyar Ta'asilateva, Rashi explains the word Tsoyar, and Rashi brings two opinions. Yesh Oimrim, some say Chaloyna means a window, and some say Evan Toivo is a precious stone that was shining for them, that illuminated for them. Now, simply what Rashi is trying to tell us is that the word Tsoyar is similar to a word like Tsoharayim, like the noon, the time when it's bright and light. So the meaning of the Pesach is that Hashem is commanding Noyach to make something that will bring light in the Teva. And for this Rashi is bringing two interpretations what exactly this light was. The first opinion being a window through which light will come into the Teva. And that's why it's being called with the name Tsoyhar, which means light. And the second opinion is Evan Teva, precious stone. Why would that be called Tsoyhar? So as Rashi explains, because it was shining, it was bringing light for them. The questions, however, are, number one, the Pasuk says Tsoyhar, which is singular. So too, when Rashi says Chaloin, a window, or Evan Toiva, a precious stone, all in singular. How is it possible that the light coming in from a single window or from one stone will be sufficient for the whole Teva, which was 300 Amris long, 50 Amris wide, 30 Amris tall. The question is even stronger, says the Rebbe. The Pasuk says, Kinim ta says ha-teva. Rashi explains that there were many compartments for each and every one of the animals and beasts. Each one had their own compartment. In addition to that, the Teva was made up of three levels, of three decks, Tachtim, Shniim, Ushlishim. So the question then is, even if the window that Noyach made would have been a very big window. Nevertheless, how could one window be supplying the light for all of these different compartments on three different levels, etc.? Another thing that Rebbe asks is, we know that when Rashi brings two Pirushim in regards to one matter, it's only if each one of the Pirushim, one, each one of the interpretations is not enough to explain the Pasuk in every aspect, in every detail, and therefore what would be difficult in one explanation, we'll, we'll, we have now a second explanation, which you won't have that question on. However, the first explanation is still closer to Pshutei Shalmikra, and that's why it's brought first. So the question then in our case would be, what is the difficulties in regards to both of these interpretations, for which Rashi needs to bring both of them? And in what way is the first interpretation closer to Pshutei Shalmikra, to the simple meaning of the Pasuk, than the second one? Finally, the Rebbe asks, based on the above-mentioned rule, that each one of the interpretations and explanations that Rashi brings will somehow help out and answer what would be difficult with the other interpretation, it would be understood that if there's a certain common question or a difficulty with both questions, and there is yet a third explanation which somehow would clarify and answer this question, Rashi would bring this third explanation even if for some reason that third explanation would be even more difficult to understand, even more than the problems with the first two questions, but at least it's answering a common problem with the first two questions, Rashi would therefore bring it as at least a third interpretation. Says the Rebbe, based on all of this, since we just said that we have a problem with both of the first two interpretations, both explanations, how is it possible that one window or that one precious stone could provide light for the whole Teva. Why doesn't Rashi explain, as the Chizkuni explains, that the word Soyar is related to the word Yitzhar, 
a word that appears in the Torah a number of times, meaning oil. And what the Pasuk means is that Noyach should bring oil to the Teva, so that he will be able to light many lamps, many candles to illuminate the Teva. And even if you're going to say, well, this interpretation is quite difficult to understand, it's quite difficult to say that the word Soyar is related to the word Yitzhar, as well as we'll have a problem with the words Tasa Teva, you should make a Tsoyar. You wouldn't say make oil for the, for the Teva. But however, the Rebbe says, it's specifically according to this interpretation, we won't have the problem of how there's enough light for the whole Teva, because we're going to make many lamps with this oil, and therefore Rashi should have at least brought it as a third interpretation. The Rebbe then moves on to another Pasuk in the Parsha, which says, after the Mabul, which Hashem promises, Yoim v'laylo lo yishboisu, that the sun, the moon, the heavenly bodies, everything is going to continue running normally now after the Mabul. Rashi explains that from here we see that during the whole time of the Mabul, they rested, that all of these constellations and the planets, etc., all of them were not functioning during the time of the Mabul, and it wasn't noticeable the difference between day and night. So the question then is, and as Rebilio Mizrahi asks the question, what's then the benefit of having a window in the Teva if there's no light coming in during the time of the Mabul? So there are some Mepharshim that explain, some of the Mepharshim on Rashi explain, that when Rashi says that the Mazolois, that all of these heavenly bodies didn't function, what it means is only that they weren't going in their regular orbits. That means that there, there was some light coming from them, it's just they weren't going through their regular cycles. However, says the Rebbe, we explained a number of times that Rashi wrote his Pirush in a very, very clear style, so that even a Ben Chomish Lemikra shouldn't mistake what Rashi means. So in this case, the simple meaning of Rashi's words that these constellations rested, and that they didn't function during this time, well, it sounds like they didn't function doing their main task, which is to illuminate the earth, and not only that they weren't going in their regular cycles. So we might try to answer the question of the Mizrahi by saying, to explain Rashi, that simply what he means in the words, Sheshav Sukol Yemoisa Mabul, that they rested during the times of the Mabul, perhaps that only means the 40 days when the rain of the Mabul was actually coming down, as the Pasuk says, Vayhi HaMabul Arboim Yoim However, after the 40 days, during the rest of the time that Noach was in the Teva for the many more days that the water was still flooding the earth, at this time perhaps the Mazolois were functioning, and therefore there will be a benefit in the window that Noyach made to illuminate the table, this Tsoyar, because there are still plenty of days when the light is shining and needed. However, the Rebbe says the question still remains according to the opinion that Tsoyar does mean a window, what was illuminating the Teva during those 40 days when the luminaries were not functioning? So the Rebbe explains, when Hashem commands Noyach on making the Teva, Hashem doesn't actually tell him all of the various different details that he's going to need to do in order to make the Teva. For example, the Pasuk says, Noyach removes the cover of the Teva. We don't find anywhere that Hashem commanded him to make a cover for the Teva. So too, according to the opinion 
that soyar would mean a precious stone, well, then we don't find anywhere that Noach was commanded to make a window, because soyar only means a precious stone. But we do find later that Noach sends out the raven, he sends him through a window. So there is a window somewhere. He was never commanded to make the window according to this opinion. We don't find that Noach should be commanded to make a door for the Teva. We do find where he should put the door. Put it at the side of the Teva. But it doesn't say that he was commanded to make a door. What's the reason for all of this? Because in Pshutei Shal Mikra, in the simple meaning of the words of the Pasuk, it's understood that when Hashem tells Noyach to make a teva, he does not need to tell him every single detail that are obvious necessities for the building of the teva. These are self-evident, self-understood, and there's no need to mention them. It's only those details that Noyach would have not known to do by himself. This is what Hashem has to command him. This is why Hashem does not have to tell him to make a cover for the Teva. He doesn't have to tell him to make a, wi- a door for the Teva, etc. Because it's obvious that, one of the, that these are part of the main things in the structure in the building of the Teva. The cover and the door, etc. Says the Rebbe, based on all of this we can now understand that the same thing would be true in regards to light for the Teva. Noyach does not need to be commanded that he should do something to have some lighting in the Teva. It's obvious that you need to do something to bring light into the Teva. Especially that Noach is going to have all of the different animals and beasts that he is going to have to provide with food. Furthermore, as we said, each one is going to be in its own little compartment. So there's no doubt about it that Noach by himself on his own would have prepared light. He would have prepared candles, oil, etc. to illuminate the Teva, even without Hashem commanding him. Ah, you're then going to say, so why does Hashem have to tell Noach, Tsoyar, Tasa, Teva? If anyway, surely Noach is going to understand that he needs to illuminate the Teva. So we must say that Hashem obviously is trying to command him on something special, on something different, that he needs to make an extra Tsoyar, an extra element of light, in addition to whatever light he was going to do on his own, because Hashem wants him to add even more light to the Teva. But the actual light itself, of course, Noach was going to provide light. So it's in regards to this additional light that here we have the two opinions in Rashi. One opinion is that it was a window. That through this window there's going to be even more light. Again, this could be after the 40 days when the sun and the moon weren't functioning. And even though one window is not going to bring in that much more light, but however, a window obviously also has other uses as well. For example, to put things in and out of the window, for air and uh, ventilation and and, um, airflow, etc. So that's Rashi's first pirush. The problem with this pirush is, well, the Torah doesn't actually use the word chaloin, which would would have been the regular word to use. The Torah uses the word tsoyar, which as said before, is mainly associated with light. So therefore, we must say, that the main function of this window is the light. It's very difficult to say that it was going to be mainly for these other functions. And the problem with that again is, number one, that this window could only illuminate a very small portion of the Teva. Number two, as said, it's, all, it's only going to be functional after 40 days. And therefore Rashi is not completely satisfied with this pirush. And he says, V'yesh oimrim. So there's another opinion that it was a precious stone that was illuminating for them. If we say it's a precious stone, this stone, this soyar, he could now carry around with him to all the different parts of the teva to illuminate every part whenever needed. Furthermore, this would have also been 
functional. It would have been useful even during the time when the sun and the moon are not producing their light. That means all the time they're in the Teva, it's, it's, it's useful. However, this Pirush is also not completely so smooth. Because first of all, it says, You should make the, the Tsoyar. Noyach is clearly not making this precious stone. So it should have said, You should bring a stone into the Teva. Or something like that. Also, why would Hashem tell Noyach to do something so unusual to prepare this precious stone, which is very unusual to have the stone that shines, etc., in order to bring this additional light into the table. And since this pirush doesn't fit so well in the simple words of the Pasuk, therefore Rashi only brings it as a second pirush. And the first pirush of the window is his primary pirush. Another thing the Rebbe says that we could say, even more important, why the first pirush will fit much better than the second pirush. The Rebbe says, by first prefacing, that we discussed a number of times, that Rashi will always answer anything that's difficult in Pshutesh Mikra. Now, seemingly here, there's a question that Rashi doesn't deal with. All of the other details in the Teva that Hashem commands, Rashi explains what the point of the command was, what the reason for the command was. Rashi often says, Veloma, what's the point of it? In other words, there's, there's a need for a clarification and explanation for this command. So the question then becomes, why does Hashem need a command Noyach about the Tsoyar, about this Tsoyar? Now, if it's a window, if it's a window, so he's going to send the oirave, he's going to send the raven out of it. That might, you might say that's the reason, but he could clearly send it out of the door as well. So Rashi tells us chaloin. Rashi tells us it was a window. Now, as we said before, Noyach himself wouldn't have made a window because Hashem told Noyach he's going to be destroying all of the different things in the world, etc., most probably he was also told, it makes sense that he was told that there's going to be this punishment is also going to include that the sun and the moon, etc. are not going to function. And therefore, Noyach himself wouldn't have necessarily made this window. But practically we know that Hashem first brought the rain down in a way of Rachamim, in a merciful way, so that if the, the people do tshuva, it will just be rains of blessing. Ah, so then there won't be the full punishment. So the light will still shine. So Noach is being told, you wouldn't have thought of making a window, so make a window. That's why this pirush is a little bit smoother that we're understanding why Noach needs to be told to make a window because he wouldn't have done it on his own. Whereas according to the second pirush, that he's being told to bring in an Evan Toiva for light, the question is why would he need to be commanded to do something to bring in light? As we said before, isn't it obvious that he would bring in something to produce light? The Rebbe now moves on to Yenush Torah to the Chassidus that's hinted in this Rashi. The Rebbe says, the difference between light that comes through a window to light that comes through the precious stone is that the light that's coming through the window is an external light coming from the outside. Where is the light coming from the precious stone? On the inside, that means from the very stone itself, the light is coming out. We're not just allowing some other light to come in. These two ideas, says the Rebbe, are two ways in Avoidus Hashem. We understand that the ultimate of avoid of Torah and mitzvahs is to make a tsoihar for the teva. That means to, means, to, means to bring light, godly light into the world. But this itself could be done in two ways. The first way is to make a chaloin, to make a window, which is saying that really there is godly light in the world. And we have to just allow it in. The Rebbe says there's godly light in the world. As we know that a business person, 
could see Ashgocha Pratis in all matters of the world, and in many ways even more than those that are sitting and learning and davening all day long. But in order to reach this level, to see the godliness, you need to remove the concealments that are blocking on the godly light, to remove that garment of nature, which seems to be blocking the godliness that's higher than nature, so not to be distracted by the nature. And that's the first level in Avoidus Hashem of a person to make this window, to take the blockage of nature that seems to be blocking out the light of Hashem and to allow that the godly light should be able to shine into the world. We should see that really it's about the godliness that's higher than nature. However, says the Rebbe, then there's a next level. After you already did this first avoida of making a window in that barrier of nature, and now you're going to have in the world shining that light of Hashem that's higher than nature, that then enables the person to get to a higher and greater level in avoidus Hashem. And this is what Rashi says, V'yeshemrim, that means those people, after you already dealt with and made a window, there's another opinion, there's another avoida. Even toiva, precious stone that's going to shine, means to say, not only are you removing the concealments of nature, but now you're going to use nature itself. You're going to transform nature itself to show how nature itself is an union of oir and gilu. It has the godliness in it. And that would mean the even toiva, in other words, the stone itself, now became a precious stone that actually produces light.